Hello and welcome everyone to the Wildcat Sports Radio Network's NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, your hostess with the mostest, Wyatt Simmons, and I will be taking you on a little bit of a journey. I'll be talking to my good friends Austin Lane and Will Ortner and talking about certain subjects on the draft, upper first round superstars, late round sleepers, and team needs more specifically in an NFC West. But sit back, relax, enjoy, and here goes nothing. Wyatt Simmons joined by Central uh, Washington University offensive lineman Will Ortner. He looks like a, a bulked up Qui-Gon Jinn, if you catch my drift. Um, but yeah, let's kind of get started because the quarterbacks alone in the top, you know, the quarterbacks alone in this first round that people are talking about, like that's just enough star power that can probably that's probably been you know spread out through like multiple drafts like combined. Like you have Sam Darnold who came in and. Had a bit of a sophomore slump, but came in and killed it at USC. You got Josh Rosen, who, you know, it was a natural gift at quarterback. And then you got you got natural gifts at quarterback. And then you got, like, a couple of studs in, athletic studs in Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. And you even, let's not forget about Mason Rudolph as well, who's also coming into this draft. And people, and there's been some mock drafts about him sneaking into the late first round or even getting top 10 as well so let's just kind of talk like who is so who in your opinion uh like who do you think well first of all let's start out with who do you think that who do you think is going first i personally if i'm an nfl gm right now if i'm john dorsey i'm the gm of the browns i'm going darnold personally when i look at this kid now i'm a west coast bias fan usc's my mom's favorite team. I get USC stuff in the mail every year. So I am biased. I will admit it. I will share it with you all at home. However, I think he's the best quarterback. He has the best arm. He is smart. He has the moxie of a gunslinger. I like that. It's mm-hmm. very similar to a Brett Favre. He has big hands and he can throw. And what impressed me the most is I was in California during his pro day. It was rainy. It was wet. It was. Nasty in L.A. And he played and performed amazing. He made every throw he needed to. I love him. It did. Like I watched his pro day, like his pro day film, where it was pretty rainy at the SC, and he like he had that moxie and just like he just he did his he did his business. He like he took care of business and he like he proved his case that he's definitely going top ten if you know if number one pick at all. But. There's like there's a bunch of other studs that you can make a case that you know may go number one. Like you can go. There's been speculation that the you know the Johnny Manziel of this draft class, Baker Mayfield, would go number one as well to the Browns. There's been some speculation about that. And I think, and I believe uh, that the Browns actually brought in like at some point during this draft process, like the Browns brought in all like all big four quarterbacks with Baker, Josh. Sam and Josh Allen. Let's not forget about the Wyoming gunslinger. Dude can throw it a country mile. I do agree. I think Sam Darnold will be. I think Sam Darnold is the best, is the safest bet. But this is also the Cleveland Browns we're talking about. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I I could very easily. I think they'll stay away from Mayfield. I think they've had their issues with mm-hmm. the Johnny Manziel type. I think they'll stay away. 
I could see them going Josh Allen. Um, from a lot of people that I listen to, uh, such as like the Colin Cowherd show, mm-hmm. he has sources that say they're looking at Allen because they think he can be the next Ben Roethlisberger, Carson mm-hmm. Wentz type deal, which wouldn't surprise me if they took him. I think that's a risk. That's like saying, hit me when you got 18 in blackjack. That's yeah. a little scary for me. However, I could see him doing well. He can throw the ball. He's got a cannon for an arm. And it's a very similar moxie to Darnold. Darnold's a little more proven because he's played better competition Mm -hmm. than Allen has. But he could be the next Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz. Absolutely. absolutely. So speaking on that, where do you think uh, someone like a Josh Allen will go? Because he's got special gifts. Like he's got an arm, like I said, who can throw it a country mile on the run sideways on one leg and still toss it 60 yards. Where do you see someone like Josh Allen going? Because there's been a lot of speculation that Denver may pick him up. Um, Buffalo, since they traded away Tyrod, I don't think they're going to put their faith in a career backup in Nate Peterman. Uh, like, where do you think? Well, like, where do you think someone like Josh Allen may go? Because he's a little bit more of a project. Yeah, I see Allen back east, uh, either with the Giants or the Jets, or possibly Buffalo in a trade-up situation. I think with his body type, with the way those teams are uh, centered, they need a big quarterback. They need a big, strong guy who can take a hit, who's not afraid to throw the ball. He can make all the throws because he's going to have to in the snow in the wet and the rain up there. I see him being drafted. I think he'll be anywhere between two to four, personally. Mm-hmm. That's where I'd go with him. Um, you can interchange him and Rosen for me, personally. Yeah. It's very similar uh, style, very similar in... Because Rosen's more very, like, easier stereo... Like, you think West Coast offense, and that's where Rosen may go. Exactly. But he's also he also has issues of, like, staying on the field and being healthy. You know, he does that have that issue, too. Where do you see someone like Josh Rosen going? Josh Rosen is so hard because he's such a cocky dude. He is. <laughs> you look in some of his interviews and he goes, well, I don't just do football. I do other things. All these other guys say they're better than me, but I'm the best. And he's a little more of a cocky dude. And I yeah. think that puts some people off. However, he's a quality quarterback. He, he can get the job done. And he's great under pressure. This year, he led maybe the greatest comeback I've ever seen against Texas A&M. He was down, like, what, 40 points in the second half. And they dropped, like, a 42-point thing on him. It's crazy. So the dude can play. Again, I think he goes either he goes two, Allen goes three, or Allen goes two, he goes three. Something like that, yeah. You yeah. see, you see, you kind of see – quarterbacks going one two and three in this like for the most part in this draft regardless i could see it going one two three four to be completely honest with you i mean it really just depends on the giants do the giants want to take eli's replacement eli's old however they replaced him last year for a game and the whole city of new york tried to fight him yeah look look, look how that well (laughs) that ended up Yeah. yeah exactly so i don't know if they'll do that but I could very easily see it going one, two, three, four on the quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I think that's the right move personally. Awesome. Now let's kind of let's bring up the kind of I guess we'll call it the dark horse of the big quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson. He he had, you know surprised me by saying he was he uh he was going to the draft after this season, and you know there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about him. Because uh, people have been saying they want to move him to wide receiver, he wants to play quarterback. Where do you see someone like Lamar Jackson going? 
I think if I'm Lamar Jackson, the perfect place for me is in New Orleans with the Saints. Let me spend two or three years learning behind one of the greatest to ever do it in Drew Brees. Uh, to my understanding, he has multiple four and 5,000-yard seasons. He's one of the few quarterbacks to ever do it. Let me learn behind him. Let me learn with Sean Payton, a great offensive-minded coach. Let me take three years, collect my backup check, and just learn and figure out what I need to do. Because, like, Lamar is crazy athletic. Everybody oh, knows absolutely. that. Unreal. But he needs to develop as a pocket passer. Yeah. He doesn't have the intangibles like Mike Vick does. No. Mike Vick is the only quarterback, to my knowledge, that was equally good passing and running the ball. Mm-hmm. So for me, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I want to take time where I can learn under uh, New Orleans. I want to learn under Drew Brees. If possible, I'm looking at the Patriots also. They need a backup. They don't have one. Brady's like 41. Mm-hmm. I mean, he goes to practice with this cane out there practically. He's so <laughs> old. Like, let me learn under uh, Tom Brady. Let me learn under Bill Belichick. Let me understand the system. Let me learn from a guy like Josh McDaniels. And then let me see where I go. I think those two places, if I'm Lamar Jackson, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I want. Let me take two years, get the league under my belt, figure out my playbook, figure out my teammates, and figure out how to be a pro. Awesome. Absolutely. So I guess kind of the last question on the topic of quarterbacks, or last couple, like, who who do you see, like, having the best career? Like out of all these quarterbacks, because there's a lot of them, and you can make the case for each one of them. But who do you see? Like, who do you see like coming out like having the best career? Uh, so personally, I think going back to Lamar Jackson, if he can get put in the right situation and he can take some time to learn, I think he possibly could have the best career. Now that's taking a big risk. I think the safe bet is Darnold. Mm-hmm. Even if he gets drafted by the Browns, I know they're awful, but they have two quality, superior uh, wide receivers right now in Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon. Solid wide receivers. They need an O-line, and they need a running back. But they do have the fourth pick still, Mm -hmm. unless they trade it away. So you could possibly get Sam Darnold and Saquon Barkley. Just like that, you filled two holes. So if I'm a GM... I think personally Sam Darnold is the safest bet. Mm-hmm. However, I think if put in the right situation, it could possibly be Lamar Jackson. Money. Sweet. So kind of going off that note, who are some studs? in Because we're just talking about quarterbacks. Like we've been spending almost 10 minutes talking about quarterbacks. There's some other studs in the first round alone. Who are some other stu- studs like Saquon and Nick Chubb? Like who do you see kind of being the best non-quarterback prospect out there? Well, I think the clear best non-quarterback prospect is Saquon Barkley. Of course. That dude is an animal, and he's a worker. It's not a natural thing. I mean, it's natural, but it's a natural work ethic thing. You go to Penn State, every single like running back record on their big board in the weight room, bench, power clean, uh, squat, deadlift. He owns them all. He's the fastest of them all. He's a once-in-a-generational type talent. And I really enjoy that. But my dark horse in the running backs is Darius Geis out of LSU. I really like him. He didn't have as great of a year this year because Uh he was a little more focused upon. But let's not forget, uh, last year, or two years ago, 
He had multiple 200-yard games, one getting darn near 300 if he didn't get 300. Mm -hmm. He's a solid running back who can do 95% of what Barkley can do, and you can get him for half the price because you're going to get him at the end of the first round or early in the second round. Exactly. I I love him personally. I think that dude can play. He's quick, he's shifty, and and he can run you over when he needs to. Just go look up some of his old film in the Outback Bowl where he just ran over some dudes on punt return. He can do it. He can basically do it all. He's just not quite as strong as, say, your Saquon Barkley. But uh-huh. you go and look at his Instagram. I've seen him squat over 600 pounds. Yeah, very true. The dude can hold his own. But what about – there's two other running backs, too, the duo from Georgia, Chubb and Michelle. Michelle, Michelle. Yeah. Chubb and Michelle. Uh, where do you see those two going? Because they're – like, they – thunder and lightning combo in georgia and i think in a right circumstance they both can be just as successful in the nfl but where do you see those two like stud running backs going they're very similar to how like old usc was in 05 with bush and lendell white yeah you have your more uh powerful back in chubb and then michelle's gonna be your speedster so i personally think they'll be second third round picks which is kind of funny because when you look at the nfl 10, 20 years ago, those are first-round talent guys. Mm-hmm. But it shows you how little running the ball, I don't want to say has an effect on the game, mm-hmm. but now a lot of people are going more towards the three to four wide receiver sets. Uh, you're not running the ball the same way you used to. It's not necessarily as north and south. It's more zone, mm-hmm. which fits both of these backs well. Mm-hmm. However, there's other backs in the league that are already there. And I see them as second and third-round talent guys. Very similar to Darius Geis, where you're not going to get everything you got in Saquon Barkley, yeah. but you're going to get about 80 to 85%, and you're going to get him for cheaper. It's possible, too. I look at Michelle, and I watched him in his bowl games. I really like the way he plays. The dude can move. I think he's a possible uh, Alvin Kamara-type situation if he's put in the right place and let uh, and they let him do what he needs to do. He's very good. Very quick, very shifty, and he's smart. His vision is insane. I love the kid. He's great. Awesome, awesome. I think we'll wrap this up with one last question. I think you already answered, but we'll ask it again. Top of your head, who's going number one? Oh, top of my head, I'm. You know, I'm a safe, better guy. I'm a. I'm the type of guy who will stay at 15 in blackjack. Yeah, there you I'll go. Keep, <laughs> I'll keep it safe. I'm not gonna go out and go too crazy. So. For me, my number one guy is Darnold. Mm-hmm. I think he can do it all. He's got the right temperament. For me, the minute I was sold on him was when I watched him in the Rose Bowl two years ago. Yeah. Against Penn State, yeah, it's basically a home game. But that game was back and forth. They were up by, like, 21 points at one point. Then all of a sudden they're down by 21 points. Mm-hmm. You have to come back, fight your way through it all. I just liked it. It shows that he's clutch. It shows that he can lead a team. This year, yeah, he kind of put some pressure on himself. Mm-hmm. I don't have Juju anymore. I got to do it myself. That sh- hurt him a little bit. But, again, it's a little bit of that Brett Favre, Moxie. I can make every throw. And I'd rather have a quarterback that, you know, you're saying, hey, bud, just throw that ball out of bounds than the quarterback that you're saying, come on, dude, like you got to try and make this throw. Have some guts. Go for it. So I like him. He can make every throw. He's got big hands. Him throwing in the rain isn't going to be an issue. Him throwing in the snow I don't think is going to be an issue. So that's my number one pick, and I hope I'm right. I'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll NFL draft, we all know it's kind of like the third most exciting day of any football fan's uh, year outside of the opening day and Super Bowl. Um, you know, 
first round we talked about had a lot of superstars in it, but we also have rounds two through seven. And I think uh, a lot of people are like a lot of quality prospects in this year's draft are overlooked just based on the first round and not even the first round, like the top like 10 picks. So kind of just starting off with you, you kind of just start kicking this little subject off. Um, Who are some other like stud guys that probably won't go first round, but you think will just, you know, get drafted and kind of make an impact in the NFL starting next year or next couple years? Uh, Just keeping it in the GNAC, I'm a Central Washington Wildcat football player. So, of course, I know a lot about Alex Kappa out of Humboldt State. Mm -hmm. I believe he's a projected fourth or fifth round offensive tackle. That dude's a stud. He was giving our guys a hard time. I mean, we had two of the best defensive ends in the league, and that dude – relatively slowed them down when he needed to he's he was amazing at the senior bowl you go out and you watch him he can do half of the drills that these other guys just can't simply do and these are d1 guys so he's a quality player and i know at the end of the day he'll do well for whichever team who picks him up he might have to move to like a guard he is a little on the smaller end for that position but I do think that he will do well, and I think he's going to do great, and I hope he does well because that makes it easier for GNAC players in the future to get into the league. Absolutely, as well. and also kind of brings um, it also kind of brings into light uh, you know Division two players as well, and them giving them a sh- a chance because that's anything past FCS is almost kind of unheard of for you know, people getting drafted in the NFL. There's a lot of people uh, from Central Washington that I know of right off the top of my head that go, you know, that have successful careers at the CFL or somewhere like Mike Riley, Adam Big Hill, um, you know, people like that. Um, who are some other, like, and then of course, Alex Kappa, which is, would just absolutely be crazy. I saw a mock draft where he would, so he would, uh, he would, he, the dude said he would go third round to the Cardinals, which I was like, that's impressive. I I can totally get behind that. Yeah, I mean, you just got to go out there and look up Alex Cap on YouTube, find his highlight tape. It What really stuck to me was Mike Mayock said it was X-rated, which it really is. The dude goes out and he puts guys on the ground. He drags you into the fourth quarter. Defenses don't want to go against him because you know, like as a defensive end, D-tackle, I'm going to get smacked. I might win once or twice, but I'm going to get smacked the whole game. So you know he's a physical player, and you know that's how he's going to approach the game. So whatever team he's going to go play for, he's going to be similar to uh, Luan over at uh, the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. He's just going to be a mean, physical, you know, SOB. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited to see how he does, and I'm glad that he's going to do it. And, of course, I'm going to be a big fan because he's doing it for the GNAC. So good for absolutely, him. Absolutely, absolutely. Representing us small people down here in the GNAC. Um, kind of going off that, who are some other people that you think, you know, will go later rounds, you know, any anything past the first round and just be, you know, just kill it in the NFL? Because we got people like Dak Prescott, um, Tom Brady, who's like anyone that you know that you wouldn't expect to have such a good impact on the NFL had. Like, who's on your radar uh, as far as people who'd be the next Tom Brady? Uh, I mean, next Tom Brady, I'm gonna stay local, uh, Northwest. I'm gonna go with Falk. Mm-hmm. I like him. He's gonna be a fourth round guy, fourth fifth round guy. He's a good, solid quarterback. He's used to coming in, uh, you know, unprecedented. He's used to coming in. Not a lot of people giving him a whole lot of credit. He went it to WSU. He's a walk-on. Not a lot of people know that. He fought hard. 
He won the job. He had three or four years of starting there. He's like their all-time leading passer. Yeah, he's I, like I think he's top ten in passing yards career. I think I so. Think, I think in the whole NCAA. Yeah, yeah, I think in a whole NCAA, and I think, and I could be wrong on this, but I think he's top for Pac-12. I believe. I I wouldn't doubt it at all because the dude's a stud. I think. Um, I do agree, and it's kind of biasly on me because I am a Wazoo fan. Um, but I think if he's put in the right uh, system, he can flourish, absolutely. For sure. Definitely uh, similar to like how I was talking about earlier with uh, Lamar Jackson. He's not going to come in. He's not going to be started right away. No. You're not drafting him to do that. You're drafting him to go in, and he's going to go be your backup, and he's going to learn. And I think if he gets the opportunity, he's a big kid. He's a strong kid. He can make all the throws. He's got big hands, which is what everyone loves in quarterbacks nowadays. He can make every throw. Rain isn't an issue. He's proven that he can throw in the rain. He's proven that he can throw in the snow. He can. He's proven he can throw in the cold. He did it with a eh, subpar wide receivers out mm. at WSU. Other than Marks and Craycraft, those are yeah. average level. I don't think either one of them is even in the league, actually. So those aren't studs that you're playing with at WSU and he put up unprecedented numbers in WSU's history and possibly in uh, Pac-12 history once we get back with the fact checking and the numbers. So I think that he is a person who if given the chance in the right system he could explode. Absolutely. I think because uh, a lot of times last year he in the right system exactly because a lot of times last year he you know, when there's pressure in his face, you know, you can kind of see it kind of cracked under pressure. So in putting the right system, I've heard a lot of speculation that uh, the Patriots were looking at him, which I think would be an excellent idea. Excellent idea. But I'm just a fan here. Don't mind me. Um, kind of going off of that, like Mr. Irrelevant. It's kind of like the like the running joke kind of slash, you know, kind of, you know, cult following uh, part of the NFL draft. Like, who do you predict that will be Mr. Irrelevant in this year's draft? And there is a lot of people you can pick from. Well, my Mr. Irrelevant pick, it's kind of biased because I want the kid to get picked. He's a good friend of mine. I played with him uh, for the past two years. His family's been close with mine. I think, actually, my mom taught him or his sister. I can't remember. My mom claims it was him. He claims it was my uh, his sister. So... I hope that Mr. Irrelevant is uh, Central Washington's very own Kevin Haynes. Mm-hmm. I hope that someone goes out and picks this kid up. He's a stud. He's a star. There's actually a funny story of uh, an undisclosed team said they didn't want to hear from him. They didn't want him at uh, a certain pro day that he went to. Kid goes out, performs the way he always does, phenomenally, and then they're all of a sudden calling him for uh, private workouts. Yeah, The kid's an animal. I just hope someone gives him the chance, and once they do, he'll be making great plays on Sundays. And if they don't, he'll be making great plays up in Canada with uh, Bo Banner. Absolutely. Will Ortner, thank you very much, my man. Thanks, Wyatt. Thank you so much, man. Absolutely. NFL Draft will be, you know, when this is posted tonight. So I'm excited, and we will probably you'll probably see me or hear me and whoever else joins me on our reactions on the NFL Draft. So thank you, and good night.
Wyatt Simmons here, joined by the man himself, Austin Lane. Austin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, and I'm glad to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, NFL drafts coming up, you know, tomorrow. Actually, when this is when when this gets posted, it'll be night of. So, there's a lot of star power uh, in this draft alone. Um, that you know, in the first round, that would just be ecstatic. So, just to ask you a question, real quick, then we'll get to what we're really going to talk about. Where do you see the uh, Cleveland Browns drafting number one overall? <laughs> I know you and uh, Will Ortner probably talked about this a, a little bit, bit yeah, a little bit, yeah. But we'll just kind of we'll kind of like get your two cents on it, kind of see where you go from there. Me and Will talked about this last Sunday on Sports Central. Uh-huh. Uh, you can also listen to that this Sunday. I'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about who they did take uh, tonight, I guess, for this episode coming out. Um, but you know, I I see the Browns taking Josh Allen. Really? Personally, yeah. I think I think they just have this need at quarterback, and I don't think he falls victim to the Cleveland Browns quarterback uh, curse, I say, that mm-hmm. they have. Um, I think he could step up, be a good leader. I talked about last week why I, I think they would go Josh Allen. I think he's just a little more durable mm-hmm. uh, than the rest of the field, and I know there's a bunch of good guys out there, um, but I just see him as the fit over in Cleveland. Nice. Okay, well, that's I didn't see that coming, but that's that's definitely a possibility for sure. No yep. wrong answers here in the draft class of 2018. So NFC West, there's a lot of stuff. You know, it's kind of at an interesting point right now as far as where every team is at. It's kind of like a change in you know, kind of a change in guard as far as who's kind of taking the realm. Like it was Seattle for X amount of time with kind of you know, kind of mixture in between like San Francisco and Arizona. Now yeah. it's kind of like at a stalemate. Now it's kind of at a stalemate with uh, San Francisco and L.A. rising and, you know, Seattle kind of falling a little bit. And then mm-hmm. there's Arizona kind of doing that. Yeah, just off on the yeah, side. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> we'll, get you, we'll give you a partition page. But kind of starting out with um, team needs, where do you see the Seahawks going this draft? Because the past couple of years they drafted – their draft style has been really conservative – you know, to say the least, and in some cases, cases it has worked, but it's kind of taken its toll on you know on the team right now. Kind of taking a step back. Where do you see Seattle uh, Seattle going as far as this draft? Do they go conservative again? Go, you know, draft a couple of no name people and try to make them into superstars, or do they go big this draft? I think they do go a little bit conservative again with this draft. We know from the past uh, how Pete Carroll and John Schneider like to do things. They don't necessarily like to go out and have a game plan uh, for someone, for specifically a player to take in the first round. They have in the past traded away their first round picks Mm -hmm. for later picks in the draft, even for uh, players at some times. But I think they stick to that this year. And if you watch the Seahawks at all last year, you know what they've been missing out on. They, they, they're they missing a big piece on the offensive line to help protect, and they're also missing a big piece on the defensive line mm-hmm. to sort of get in on the other side of the ball. Um, so we could just go over their team needs right now. I have them needing an O-lineman, a D-back, a defensive lineman, a tight end, and a safety in oh, this course. draft. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about the Seahawks just before I go into my picks. They were 9-7 and seven last year. And they don't necessarily have needs, like I said, in the first and second rounds this year. Uh, Watch out for Pete Carroll and John Schneider to trade the first-round pick for a second-round pick, possibly, and then um, trade that other second-round pick that they have for maybe some more fourth- or fifth-round picks. They like to load the back of the draft and get, like, you know, one year I think they had, like, over 10 picks in the draft just because they traded away like two of them Mm -hmm. and ended up up getting uh, three or four more in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. And 
it has worked for them in the past. You know, a couple of years ago, we had that really good draft. Well, you know, we took Russell Wilson in the third round, and that just started it off. You know, everyone we got, third round, fourth round, ended up being elite players that exactly. we see today. Yeah. And so, you know, if they can work their magic just like they used to this year, I can see them doing that again and hopefully getting some good picks. You know, the whole, it's the hometown team. I want to see some see some good picks this year. They've kind of had bad drafts in the past couple of years. Yeah, but, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, just continuing off of what I said there. They uh, will probably go for multiple picks in later rounds. Uh-huh. Um, try to stay away from the first-round pick. I know a lot of teams are looking for quarterbacks in the first round. Yeah. You know, they had the number 18 pick overall. They do, yes. And they will probably trade that away to get some more pieces later on in the draft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. I think, you know, I totally agree with you, especially for if you watched a game last season at all. It was a train wreck. For oh, yeah. Sure. It, it, you know, I'm all for, like, you know, Seattle kind of making it, mo- fo- you know, football games a lot more interesting, but that was just clear as day that they're not at their best. Um, who, like, who are some guys, like, on your radar that you see Seattle shooting for? Because I know there's a lot of st- there's a lot of pieces that they need to fill, mm-hmm. with, especially with the offseason they had where they, you know, all the stars that they've had, you know, past years are now gone, you know, with yeah. Sherman and Richardson, which he wasn't really a star, but he he did contribute quite a bit this last year. Mm-hmm. Richardson, um, you know, a bunch of names I can't even, you know, a bunch of names. Michael Bennett, yeah. Yeah, Michael Bennett, Sheldon, Richards, Sheldon Richardson. Like, where do you see Seattle, like, drafting wherever their first draft pick is? Mm-hmm. I have them trading out of their first-round pick uh, to get some later uh, pick up an extra pick in the second round and then pick up a, another pick in the fifth round, okay. actually, with that first round pick. And so I have them picking twice in the second round uh, instead of, you know, first in the first round, one in the second round. So, yeah. Um, but I think first they trade out and they get down to the second round and they take Carlton Davis, a D-back out of Auburn. I know we just got rid of Richard Sherman, like you just said. Yeah. Um, so I think they go corner with their first pick. Um, a little bit off of CBS Sports for Carlton Davis, this guy out of Auburn. He is a prototypical man-to-man corner. Um, he has physicality in all phases of the game. He is tall, and he has a sturdy build, long arms, aggressive, athletic, long arms to uh, that leads to plenty of pass breakups, which is what we are going to be looking for. Um, even though we did get rid of Sherman, he was still declining yeah, last he, year he, completely. He would, yeah, I think since uh, since kind of the Super Bowl, like yeah. last Super Bowl, he's kind of he he's still been a stud, but he he's not like he, you know the with our contract that we had him, like we couldn't you know he wasn't playing to that level. Yeah, and I think the Seahawks definitely love more lengthy cor- you know cornerbacks with. Uh, Griffin and Coleman, and they have studs too. So I think it's just it's a matter of retooling yeah, that backfield sure. and getting a new legion of boom, I guess, or kind of yeah. their our own, you know, kind of an own, you know, their own faction, fraction, you know, of whatever we'll call it. But yeah, we're like any other people on the radar that you see the Seahawks shooting for. Well, if they do end up doing what I said and have two picks in the second round, I see their second round. Uh, the second pick in the second round, excuse me, to going to Joseph Noteboom, a offensive tackle out of TCU. Uh, a little bit about him. He is a pass protection body frame, a long finesse type player with light feet and typically good punch power and timing. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we've been looking for on the offensive line. We need a guy to step up, be a leader, even if you are a rookie. does not matter. No, absolutely. You know, ever since we've gotten rid of guys like Max Unger to mm-hmm. the Saints, you know, we've kind of lost that star power on the O-line. This guy can step in and fill that role quite easily. Absolutely. I think 
you have tool you have good tools. You got Dwayne Brown, we got Justin Britt, we have we just signed DJ Fluker who, you know, yeah. I think will hold his own kind of so I think another tool in the draft uh for an offensive line will you know, will make all the difference in the world and keep our quarterback healthy. Yeah, and another thing, you know, you talk about keeping the quarterback healthy. Another problem we've had is even keeping our own line healthy to protect the quarterback. This guy, Joseph Noteboom, offense tackle from TCU that I see them going with, 40 consecutive starts in his final three seasons in college and also an honorable mention in the all uh, Big 12 honors. So mm-hmm. yeah, I see them going great. with that's, them. I, yeah. think, I definitely agree. So coming up, you know, up next, the Arizona Cardinals, I feel like they, you know, they definitely are in rebuild. They're in a, you know, they're in the root of a rebuild mode for sure. And you know, they lost, you know, they lost a bunch of, you know, they lost the uh, Honey Badger, the uh, Carson Palmer retired, uh, and they signed, you know, Sam Bradford, who, you know, by mentioning his name, probably tore his ACL right about now. <laughs> uh, so, where do you see Arizona kind of going with this draft? Yeah, moving on to the Cardinals. Um, I like what you said about rebuilding. You know, they went eight and eight last year. Yeah, most teams would be like, "Hey, that's an okay year." For the Arizona Cardinals, though, you know they want to do better, especially in such a tough division like the NFC West. Absolutely, they have to be that team that can go eleven and five, twelve and four, even thirteen and three in this division to make it out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with young teams like the LA Rams starting to show their dominance over the division. Honestly, so, though. Yeah. Um, for them, uh, my team needs are quarterback, O-lineman, wide receiver, cornerback, and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's go straight into what I was talking about with those team needs. They signed Sam Bradford for two years, and I like what you said about, <laughs> you know, he's not a durable guy. No. Uh, you never know when the guy's going to get hurt. Um, and so they still need a quarterback of the future, kind uh-huh. of. Uh, I think they do go with a quarterback here in the draft. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh-huh. I think they do need that guy that they can just rely on for the future. Sure, Sam Bradford might give you two good years, but you know, you that's, know, Sam you, Bradford's you also nearing the end. Yeah. yeah, we also can't prom like if he's healthy, then he can you know he can hold his own with the best of them. But that's the thing, though. He's not yeah. like he's not. He can't stay on the field. Which in this league, like you know, you're not going to last very long or have a successful career if you can't be consistent and healthy and stay durable. Yeah, and we've never looked at Sam. Bradford as this prototype, you know, holy, holy crap, this guy's good yeah. kind of quarterback in the NFL. But a thing that any veteran quarterback can do, no matter how good or bad, is teach a younger guy what oh, they've I, learned over the course of their career. Absolutely. So. Like Josh McCown, for example, last year, he yeah. held, like he came in and, could, you know, not to go too far off track, but the Jets, they came in, they were expecting to go 0-16. Now, yeah. there was a team that went 0-16, but it wasn't the Jets. <laughs> they kind of, they were surprising because they held their own, and they had a wily veteran like Josh McCown. So I totally agree. I think uh, kind of signing him as a placeholder uh, starter, I think, is a smart idea. I just don't, you know, there's there's many other choices that they could have gone with this, but mm-hmm. I, I will, we can talk a whole hour about <laughs> free agency and whatnot, yeah. but that isn't the theme of this show. So where, like, who do you see uh, Arizona picking, you know, in the draft? Like, who do you see, think they're eyeballing, they should go after? Well, like I was talking about with Sam Bradford there, I think they need a young quarterback they have the number 15 pick, and I think that they do go with um, Lamar Jackson with that pick. Really? Okay. Yeah, coming out of Louisville, quarterback out of Louisville. Um, if you haven't seen Lamar Jackson play, go check out a highlight video. Honestly, though. Definitely an electric quarterback, definitely what they need. 
Um, he's such a big contrast to Sam Bradford that if you take that kind of guy, you might even see him starting halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. You might even see him win the spot in training camp over yeah. Sam Bradford, it, even though you just signed him. So it's a possibility for sure. Yeah. Um, here's a CBS Sports coverage on Lamar Jackson again. This is quoted from CBS Sports. Uh, electric physical ability and moments of elite level pocket drifting, flashes of pinpoint ball placement down the field with a flick of the wrist release, and he reads blocks very well and is super explosive. And I think that's exactly what the Cardinals need for oh, this absolutely. year. Absolutely. Now, do they think if they, you know, do they think they will, you know, they will adjust their offense accordingly to Sam, uh, Sam Bramford, uh, Lamar Jackson, because that's what they did for the Sean Watson in Houston. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of in that sense, that'll be the best way Lamar Jackson will succeed in the NFL if they kind of adjust to his, you know, to his yeah. play style. Well, I think the Cardinals are a very, I would say, unique situation for that. Um, again, their team needs, their, I would say their top three team needs are quarterback, offensive line, and wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you can really go into it and say, well, we have Bradford, but we'll take Jackson, and whoever does better will form the offense around. You know, they they just need help in so many places on, in the offense. It's a big reason they went eight and eight last year because yeah. they need help they pretty were, much they everywhere. Were in, yeah, yeah, they were consistent. Like kind of going off of that, who else do you see? do you see anyone else? Uh, kind of the Arizona Cardinals should eyeball like in this upcoming draft. Yeah, I got their second pick being uh, even though they need a lot of help on the offense, I think they can get those guys later in the draft. Mm-hmm. I got their second pick being a corner out of LSU, Dante Jackson. Okay. He is a speed quarterback uh, cornerback, excuse me, with plenty of versatility. His twitchiness to play the slot uh, line up against some slot wide receivers in the NFL. Um, his hips allow him to stay in phase after his back pedal, and that's quoted from CBS Sports after his combine, of okay. course. And also quoted from CBS Sports, above average athleticism for his size. And I think that's exactly what the Cardinals need on defense side of things. So go out, get a flashy quarterback. Yeah. Then go out in the second round, kind of get, get a big D get back. Ath- yeah. Get athletic. Because I know they lost uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthews. So exactly. That's so why they I have them taking yeah, this Yeah, they need yeah. to fill holes. Um, kind of going off of that, you know, kind of going off of that, the LA Rams, they are, they, they were a shocker this year. I wasn't expecting it. You know, they were, they were, uh, I wasn't expecting them to do as well as they did this mm-hmm. past year, especially after the year before where they were just like, they couldn't score a touchdown. They, you know, they couldn't score a touchdown, even if, you know, it was just them on the field. And, yeah. you know, there was not like, <laughs> yeah. like if it was just like, uh, you know, they couldn't throw up. It, I can have metaphors for days about the LA Rams, but they were a shocker this year. They had Jared Goff, you know, improve greatly in his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Todd Gurley came back, you know, Todd Gurley came back. Their defense was amazing as always. Mm-hmm. Um, we're and they their free agent, you know, season they, yeah. their free agency like this past year. They were it's the best I've seen in a long time with how they've. You know how they've gained so much star power. Where do you see a team that is probably on the way up mm-hmm. to go? Uh, sorry, to go like to go in this NFL draft. Yeah, you brought up that free agent period that they had this year, and it, it was amazing. I will give them that. Um, that's exactly what I was going to come in here and talk about. They don't have a first round pick. Yeah, they went eleven and five last year, which isn't amazing, but you know, given the circumstances, a really good year for the LA Rams. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, they don't actually have a pick until later in the third round. So really? they're going to be looking to pick up some guys uh, later in the third round. They made their main moves in the offseason, trading the first round pick to New England for Brandon Cooks and mm-hmm. the second round pick to Buffalo for Sammy Watkins. And that'll help their wide receiver game a lot. They also sent uh, linebacker Alec Ogletree to the Giants. So they will more than likely take a linebacker in round three. Okay. 
and that linebacker being Micah Kaiser out of Virginia. Yeah, okay. Um, he's a between-the-tackles bruiser. He developed key reading skills and the power to meet and dispatch lead blockers in the hole. And people, while he was in college, I mean, NFL experts said he looked like an NFL linebacker while he was in college. So nice. um, quick little fact about him. He's just the second player in ACC history to lead the conference in tackles for three straight seasons. And the only other guy who's ever done that is Boston College linebacker Luke Keekley. Oh, okay. So, so, yeah. he, so we can potentially see another Luke Keekley in the making. I and hope just, not and, as a Seahawks I, fan. I hope, <laughs> you, know, you know, two games out of the year, I hope, you know, I hope he doesn't play us, but yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And so basically they're just going to plan on, you know, you hope they plan on just keep not rebuilding at all because they don't need to, but kind of keep reloading that mm -hmm. star-studded defense they have. Yeah. Like, honestly, though, they have um, – where do you like it's just the amount like they're just thinking about their defense and who they sign it just makes my spine cringe yeah you know nonetheless russell wilson's because you know apparently the la rams are his kryptonite but <laughs> that's a, that's another topic for another day where like who else do you see uh the rams picking in this nfl draft well i think the la rams are just probably the most well put together and all around team right now in the NFC West. Uh, we know who they have on offense: Goff, Gurley. Mm -hmm. They just picked up Cooks and uh, the other wide receiver this offseason, so they don't need that much help on the offense. And their defense is good, but yeah. they still need another couple pieces. Uh, the guy I just went over was an inside linebacker. Uh -huh. uh, my next guy is an outside linebacker slash DN. So, oh, so kind of like get a, a guy to a pass Jamie coverage, yeah. kind of a type where he can play pass coverage or also, you know, exactly you know, get he, a hybrid guy out there. Yeah, yeah. So I got them taking that inside linebacker for some pass coverage, and then I got a speed guy off of the edge, um, and that is. Now, correct me if I say this wrong. This guy has a weird name, Ogbania Akaronquo. That sounds right for me. <laughs> He's coming out of uh, Oklahoma. Okay. And oh, CB okay. CBS Sports has him as the best combination of quickness, bend, dip, and pass rushing moves among ed edge rushers in this year's class. Mm -hmm. He plays the run well because of his work with his arms. Okay. So, yeah, if the Rams can get help in the middle linebacker position uh -huh. and then go to this guy, I mean, I'm going to be so scared next year. I'm terrified, to be honest, not just because of the L.A. Rams, but for the last team we're going to talk about, the <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Now, last year, you know, they were god awful. Yeah. You know, we don't need to, we don't need to, you know, describe that. But they traded for their Lord and Savior, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And they're, you know, and they've been, you know, shooting for the stars next year. And they have potential of this uh, next upcoming season to, you know, get into the playoffs, win the NFC West, and potentially win it all next year if, you know, if they play their cards right. And I think that's what they're shooting for. So where do you see San Francisco, like, shooting for in this NFL draft? Well, everything you just brought up is what a lot of people have been saying. They have all this potential. I have some reasons why they're going to finish fourth in the NFC West again. Okay. Let me read it off to you. Now, this is not just because I'm a Seahawks fan. No, and I, have I, am some, a I am a Seahawks fan. I have some boiling too. blood from a couple of years ago. Yeah. So the 49ers are going to have the number nine pick in this year's draft after going 6-10 and 10 last year. Um, but also last year, they were 26th in total sacks. Uh, they also need help on the other side protecting their new quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, like you said. Um, even after getting Richard Sherman for a cornerback spot, they still need help and another insurance pick at cornerback. And also another thing to address is who is Jimmy Garoppolo going to throw to? Uh, Pierre Garçon is their only big home-known kind of name at wide receiver, so they also need a wide receiver. Um, they need a lot of things. 
and I wrote down, people are wrong when they say they will be good next year. <laughs> um, I see where everyone is coming from. They're getting a little bit scary. The, oh, the, the hype is real. Like, there's uh, hype. The hype thing. is there, yeah. The hype is there because when Jimmy Garoppolo came in, they went 5-0, and and they weren't playing podunk teams. I yeah. Think they beat, I, one week they beat Jacksonville, and you know it's just Jimmy Garoppolo and anyone else yeah. playing on there so yeah. there is hype there but i do see your point kind of mm-hmm. behind that it is this kind of a wait and see kind of a deal i would think like see how they do next year i would say so yes um people are not waiting and seeing right no, now there, people and, you know uh, people are jumping to conclusion yeah yeah I, I, as a hawks fan i'm just gonna be like I, let's just, let's just see the sights for a little let's see how this plays out a little bit yeah but, exactly but Kind of who like who do you see the San Fran uh, San Francisco uh, eyeballing in this uh, upcoming draft? I think San Francisco is the only team in the NFC West this year where pretty much everyone is in agreement of who they're going to take first with yeah. that number nine pick. Uh, everyone is saying Minka Fitzpatrick, oh, the okay. corner out of Alabama. Uh, just to have Minka Fitzpatrick on one side, Richard Sherman on the other side will really help their defense out. Absolutely. Uh, Minka's a tall, long, and athletic player. He is an effective blitzer, solid ball skills, ability to run with wideouts. You know, this guy can do everything. Um, he was the face of Nick Saban's 2017 Alabama defense, and Absolutely. that's saying heard, a yeah, lot. Yeah, that is saying something because yeah. they're – NFL team, like can hold their own with any NFL yep. team, I think. Yep, and he's also just all over the field. Uh, he actually finished last season in college with eight tackles for loss and eight pass breakups. So you'll find him in the backfield. You'll find him up in the quarterback's face. You know, this guy's everywhere. Unanimous All American. Uh, and he leaves Tuscaloosa as arguably the best defensive back of the Saban era, and that era has ha- has seen 14 defensive backs taken in the NFL draft. That's a quote from Charlie Potter from Bama Online. That's so. crazy. Like. Alabama, like I'm not surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a very re- like because Alabama just bring, like just produces NFL like studs right yeah. out the gate. All the and time. I can 100% see Mika Fitzpatrick going to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Who else do you see uh, the Niners picking in this NFL draft? Because there's still like you as you said, there's still a lot of help that they need. So we're and they don't have their second round draft pick because they traded it to get Jimmy yeah. G. Yep. So like, do they see? Do you see them? kind of going for someone else in the later rounds or something like that, or do they trade up? Who do you see uh, the 49ers going uh, in this draft? Yeah, I've only been going over the top two guys yeah. for each team. Um, but if we – I mean, we could sit here for a half hour and talk about six positions, seven positions, you know, different guys that the 49ers need next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just building off what you were saying, they're going to wait for the third round uh, to have their next pick because they got Jimmy G. And I think in the third round they go with Jerome Baker, an oh, okay. outside yes. linebacker out of Ohio State. Uh-huh. Um, he was described as looking like a safety on the field while while playing outside linebacker. So, um, and we see that a lot in today's NFL. Outside linebackers getting smaller and smaller, yeah. having to be able to cover these big – even quick sometimes tight ends Honestly, also being yeah. able to cover wide receivers at some points mm-hmm. uh, on defense so that's good um, but he also has the ability to swipe smaller blockers away if okay. he's trying to get a rush in there um, and just a quick fact about him he repeated as honorable mention all big 10 selection last year nice. well, before declaring for the draft so, so yeah. definitely so this nfl draft going to be absolutely crazy can't wait to watch it especially the first round austin lane thank you very much Hey, thanks for having me, man. Go ahead and uh, listen to Sunday Sports Central on Sunday morning from 9 to 11 a.m. And thank you guys for listening to this NFL Draft Podcast. Have a good one, everybody.